This is LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to Classroom to Boardroom, the most in-depth look you'll find regarding the transition from college preparation into a successful career. Technology is the subject of this episode, more specifically how technology is impacting language and communication when it comes to jobs and the workplace, and what this means exactly for the college kids getting ready for the so-called real world. To give us some terrific first-hand insight, we have Roger Whitson on the line. Roger is a professor of English at Washington State University and an individual who's done plenty of research and writing about the blending of language and technology. Roger, thanks for coming on LJN Radio. Thank you for having me. Obviously, we're jumping into a subject here that uh, I think a lot of people listening may not even truly understand or have an appreciation for. So I think it will be a a good show to have some of this discussion. I want to start with the idea that, you know, a lot of employers we hear, they talk about communication being the key to, you know, whether it's a job candidate or employees and just general success when it comes to your career and the workplace. Yet we still hear every year that it's a big problem. Where do you see a possible disconnect between this idea of a lack of improvement with the language and what employers are really looking for? First of all, I think people mistake grammar issues for effective communication. Hmm. And I think also, by the way, this is sort of a weird thing. Every time I mention to somebody that I'm an English teacher, they say, oh, I have to, I really have to watch my grammar. And (laughs) that's not really, I mean, that's kind of funny because I feel like uh, teachers and other disciplines are more concerned with grammar than, than I actually am. What I'm really looking for in my classes, can someone understand sort of the, the situation that they're in, for instance? Do they know who they're, who they're addressing, who their audience is? Do they know, for instance, what the purpose of their essay or whatever mm-hmm. type of social media I'm asking them to, to create? And then do they know effectively how to appeal to their, their intended audience? And I think if, if students keep those things in mind, that's really kind of overall what I like to teach is as effective communication, not not grammar. Of course, in certain situations, grammar is more important than in others. Right. But certainly it's not the end-all, be-all of, of communication. Just to piggyback a little bit off what you mentioned there, do you think then that employers focus too much on the areas of quote-unquote communication or do students think it's a bigger deal than it really is? And what's kind of your experience based on the people you talked with? Well, I definitely think communication is important. I don't want to downplay right. that aspect of it. I think one of the problems is, is, as I said before, that they don't, and I don't think this is actually an issue with employers. I think it's sort of a broader cultural issue okay. that people mistake communication for, for like grammar itself. Right. When they find like a comma splice or something like that, they think that that's really going to, you know, be the thing that makes you a bad, you know, employee, but that's not really what, I mean, that's not really the important thing. The important thing is that you impress the person that you're talking to and that you come across as being somebody who's intelligent, who knows what they're they're saying. That can vary from one environment to the other. Right. I'll give you one example. Actually, I was on, I was on a job interview for this current position that, that I'm in. And I like to use this example quite a bit because it was a classic kind of mischaracterization of the environment that I was in. I came from the South, and so I lived in Atlanta before I came to, to Washington State. In Atlanta, it was extremely formal. Like, I, I dressed up suits quite a bit mm-hmm. and suit and tie all the time, addressed people in a particular way. Coming out here into Washington State, it was a, it's, a very, it's a much more casual kind of social environment. Right. So when I was giving my talk, I asked the person I was interviewing with, you know, should I, should I wear a suit? And he kind of chuckled. He was like, well... We're not that formal around here. Um, and so it wasn't, it, it wasn't really a big mystery, but it, it certainly, for me, underscores that the idea that really these, these kinds of, I like to say that these 
standards that people take to be kind of universal are really situational. They're really based upon who you're talking to and who your bosses are and who, who your clients are. Right. Another aspect to this that, of course, you would be somebody that would have insight into this was the idea of technology playing a role. And a lot of times what we hear is that technology actually has been hurting the younger generation because of things like texting and social media that maybe the younger generation doesn't speak or write as well because they're not in the practice of doing it in ways that maybe a business person would anticipate that their candidates would do. Do you have any thoughts or response to the idea of technology hurting English and communication in a way? I think it's wrong, actually. Really? Yeah, I think I think technology is changing the standards of mm-hmm. communication, but that requires us just to learn what the new standards are rather than lamenting kind of the fact that it might be destroying English. So there are two examples, and, and I draw this from sort of the history of technology. Back in the day, during Plato, the philosopher, when he, when he was alive, there were a lot of debates about the fact that writing was becoming more and more popular. And a lot of the philosophy that was being delivered during that period in time was done in an oral mode. Right. People would talk, but they often wouldn't read or write philosophy. And this is one of the reasons, by the way, that Plato's works are in the dialogue form. If you look at them, it's like one person talking, then another person talking. Hmm. Okay. And in fact, whenever people argued for writing, Socrates would often say, well, you know, we don't want too many people to learn to write because it could make their memory pretty poor. You know, I think if you look at the history of technological change, you see a lot of this sort of anxiety over technology hurting language or the younger generation being sort of worse at it than, than the older generation. But for me, really, it's, a, it's really a question of, well, here's, here's the technology that you have, say, social media. What's the best way to get your message across? Sure. So is that then what you see in terms of the sort of the place of digital technology and how it can actually be a positive influence when it comes to communication and English and any sort of the facets that might be included? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing that I always, I always talk to my students about is that you have to learn how to communicate effectively on social media. Mm-hmm. A lot of students, one of the problems that they have is that they don't know that a lot of the companies that, that like Facebook or Twitter actually profit from the data that they're entering into their social media sites every day. Right. It really becomes a question of like, how do you control your image? Hmm. And before students take my class, they often don't know, like they often have pictures up that they wouldn't want employers to see. Hmm. You know, they may be talking to their friends in a kind of way that they wouldn't want, they wouldn't necessarily talk to their employers. And I think, you know, for me, it's really a question of, okay, so Let's try to figure out how public you want your Facebook page to be. And if it is public, let's figure, let's figure out how to put the best public face on possible. And that's definitely something that we see here uh, and we talk with job seekers about all the time as far as, as you mentioned, kind of that online presence and how you're communicating with people. Do you see that becoming more common sense to avoid that? Or as you said, are you still having to really let students know, hey, this is all out there and this could affect you in the long run? I think people know that, for instance, things like this happen. I was talking before about the uh, photograph that you don't necessarily want your boss to see or your teacher to see. Right. But I think generally it makes them just, it, I, either they don't think about it or, and I think this is bad too, they, it makes them really scared to use any kind of technology at all hmm. because they don't know where it's going to go. And my message usually is, 
No, I think it's important to learn how to use this effectively, learn how to make the technology work for you rather than hurt you. Well, as you alluded to a couple times, talking about the history of technology and language, we'll get into that a little bit more here in a bit, especially talking about what you do over there as far as teaching and, and what some of the students can learn there as well. I did want to ask, in terms of if you're talking to college students and we're asking them about you know, their practices in terms of writing and communication, you alluded to it there a little bit of, you know, yes, you should be involved with social media because that is an important aspect of even what employers are looking for now. But what would you tell them in general in terms of communication, preparing for a career, networking, all those sorts of facets? What would you say to those students in terms of what's important or what they should be looking to do? I'm a big believer in the idea that you should network as much as possible. Mm-hmm. That you should really get your you should really get yourself and put yourself out there. Simply because the internet is there's so many people out there, it's flooded with so much information. You want it to be easy to find you want to be in a situation where if someone Googles your name, for instance, it's easy to find the best information about you as is possible. Mm-hmm. One of the things I tend to do, sometimes I, I run a workshop, and I've done this to a lot of my colleagues in the past, where it's really about figuring out what your online persona is, and then sort of trying to figure out how to curate it in such a way as to put websites that you can control higher up on Google search results. And so that's that's one way we do. So, so one thing I sometimes ask my students to do on the first day of class is to say, well, just Google yourself and see what other people see when they, when they look for you. Right. And oftentimes, they're really kind of weirded out because it's not only, by the way, their name, but sometimes other people have the same name as them and mm. they have to like compete with these people, right. which is really fascinating. And so things that I always tell my students are oftentimes when it comes to Google, if there's a URL that has your name in it, so I maintain a website, rogerwitson.net, um, mostly because it shows up pretty high on Google search results. They okay. tend to favor URLs that have proper names in them. And then normal sites like Facebook, LinkedIn, academia.edu, Twitter, the sort of larger social media sites oftentimes are ranked higher also. And so what you want to do is to create a situation where you're as much in control of that information as possible. Right. And you can direct, you can actually, you can actually direct all of these profiles to just go to your website. And in that case, you can totally control what they see. So it's really a question of you being in control of your online persona and making it work for you. In your opinion, obviously, teaching and, and being involved with a lot of these college students, how much emphasis do you think colleges should put on being familiar with technology when uh, you know, individuals are looking into getting into the job market? Well, I think it's everything. I mean, I, I mean obviously, the, almost every job out there now at least requires you to have some kind of basic understanding of technology, whether that's just using Word and Excel or maintaining some kind of Twitter feed or even sort of more complex stuff like programming or coding. And so, I mean, I think that it, it really depends upon what job you're looking for, but certainly... It's something that you have to have some kind of baseline appreciation of at the very least. Right. All right, Roger. Well, again, we do appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge. Obviously, a lot of insight uh, just based on your position. And you can really tell the passion you have for this arena as a whole. So thanks again for coming on and sharing. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. That will do it for this installment of Classroom to Boardroom. We've been speaking with Roger Whitson, professor of English at Washington State University. And you can check out his research and the books he's been a part of at rogerwitson.com. That's 
W-H-I-T-S-O-N. If you want to get in touch with us here at LJN Radio, you can shoot us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can find us on Twitter at the LJN. And go ahead and check out our podcast on iTunes. Just search in the iTunes store for LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.